Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price. And I am joined by the best co-host in the world, Greg Hockert. Greg, how was your 4th of July? How are you doing, man? It was good. We had a good time. We we were in South Carolina. I'm not sure if I mentioned that the other week. I think I did. I think I did. But we had a good time. We were on the beach. So it it, it felt like a, a, a good way to spend the 4th. What about you? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I were in Salt Lake where we just moved to. Uh, we just kind of hung out with some some new friends that we've met, so that was that was pretty exciting. Uh, definitely, meeting a whole new group of people has been fun, but also it can be tiring a little bit, you know. How's the how's the how's the job? How's the um? You're working. You work nine eighties, right? So that's yeah. A, you get every other Friday off. Have you had yeah? The, I get, have you had the three day weekend yet? Oh yeah, I've had. I've actually had two three day weekends so far, and they are just they're just fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And even that that working Friday is only an eight hour day. So I start at uh six forty five and get off at two forty five. So it's not a it's not a bad gig, I'll be honest. Sweet. That's early. Y'all the a lot of I feel like a lot of companies like that, they like the engineering groups start so early. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like like there's like some... no one in the business world starts until eight. So <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some people in my office that get there at six pretty consistently every day which is which is crazy but then you also get off at three working a nine hour day so it's not it's not too shabby if i may say so but yeah it's it's going well um i'm definitely definitely getting a lot of work and i don't have access to my phone so i'm like i i don't have uh the ability to keep up with all of the the twitter things happening throughout the day all the the no breaking news for you does it nope. like hit? Does it hit you all at once? You walk out and it's like yeah, all mo- the notifications. <laughs> yeah, most days I get like uh, anywhere from ten. Uh, one day in our fantasy football group chat, I got eighty texts in a day. So that was that was exciting to read through. Oh yeah, contracts uh, are due. Yes, yes, yeah. If you guys, if for our listeners, if you guys have never uh, been a part of a dynasty fantasy football league. I cannot recommend it enough. It is it's oh, actually it's really so fun. fun. It makes you feel like a GM. Like if you ever played Madden or NBA 2K or anything like that and you you played like Dynasty mode, this is this is amazing. It it's like real life video games except for you can't run up the score on your opponent because you're not playing on rookie mode, you're playing real life mode. So <laughs> you just have to find a group of guys that are like committed to it for the long term because it's not fun. Or gals, like or gals. Like, well, that's true too. We don't discriminate around here, but it's our, uh, the friend that got us into it. He was, I mean, he's been telling us it, it really gets a lot more fun in like year two and year three. And like, you're already kind of seeing that now with like starting to do contracts. Like I'm excited for the rookie draft. I feel like you and I, and the absurd amount of time we spent watching and talking about college sports actually helps, helps in that aspect. So we're like, oh yeah, he was pretty good in college. He's like, it's not all hype, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, especially because I tanked this year, so that was that's good for me because I got like three first rounders, so that's that's nice. But 
Um, <laughs> we are definitely getting sidetracked, but I could I could talk about that that league all day long. Um, man, yeah. Well, Greg, what is uh? You want to give us a little update on what's coming up this week? Well, I guess it's tomorrow, so by the time you're listening to this, it'll be in the past. Yes, this will have already happened by the time we release the the uh, podcast. But it's worth mentioning, especially because we are in what's truly like the dog days of summer. There is nothing going on. There is no. There are no sports being played. It is just like. Like the biggest sports story that that happened was I'm gonna get sidetracked again, but the biggest sports story in the last week I feel like was Victor Wambanyama's security guard accidentally hitting Britney Spears in the face. Like that's what that's what we've gotten to this summer. That's how that's how desperate we are for 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 anything relevant. Which don't get me started on that. wasn't was not even a story, but you know it's the middle of <laughs> July and 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 it became one. So. Uh, what Tanner was getting at was Big 12 Media Days are this week, uh, Wednesday, July 12th, and, and then the following day, Thursday, July 13th. Uh, so I personally, Media Days can be hit or miss, depending on, I think, the coach, the players represented. It used to be, and I know you'll hear a lot of people in the media talk about this, it used to be a much bigger deal because pretty much no matter who was on the team every team was sending their quarterback so i mean back in the old big 12 days you had colt mccoy sam bradford chase mcdaniel i mean graham harrell uh, you you had you had like legit nfl quarterbacks from like represented from like half the teams um and that's just not the case anymore teams kind of mix it up you know you send send maybe two guys from defense two from offense i know like i, I don't follow who which team like sends every, like which player every year, but I know like Oklahoma state has even sent their punter in years past. So it's like, it's definitely taken on a different feel in the last like five to seven years. Um, but nonetheless, it, it still is because we are in the middle of summer. It still is going to be noteworthy. Um, I would say some things to look out for. Uh, Dana Holgerson is going to be back, back in the big 12. I think that was like one of my top things that, that, you know, I, he might not say anything crazy. He's, he, he's known to say some crazy things, but uh, just, that will be, that will be funny. He's got plenty of experience at big troll media days being the former West Virginia head coach. Um, Let's see what else. Then we've got Mike Gundy always usually says a couple of very notable things. I think last (laughs) year he made a lot of headlines talking about OU and Texas. I don't remember what he said about them. Um, something to the extent of, of that he doesn't really care if they're leaving, but it, there, there will be something that comes out of it for sure. What are you, is there anything you're, you're looking for Tanner? And, and then when, after you answer that, I, I can read the teams and, and when they're, uh, which days they're going to be there. Well, for those of you that, that don't know Greg personally, you're missing out. First of all, great friend. Second of all, great, 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 Mike Gundy impersonator. Absolutely incredible. Um, if you've ever watched on YouTube or watched it live, any of his famous uh, tangents, uh, Greg Greg basically knows them by heart at this point. So I'm just excited to hear what Mike Gundy has to say so that so that maybe next week on the pod we can get some uh, we can get some impersonations going from Greg. <laughs> well, I'm I'm honored. Thank you. I, I know uh, a lot of people, a lot of people around Oklahoma 
pride themselves on on mimicking Mike Gundy. It's 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 a fun thing to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Greg and I were talking about this beforehand, just like they split it up into two days, so you get seven and seven. Um, seven the first day, seven the second day. So you and they split the teams up kind of randomly, but like they split OU and Texas up, which that would be kind of fun to have them on the same day. They split Oklahoma, Oklahoma State up. They split Kansas and Kansas State. So there's probably not going to be really anything exciting that comes out of this other than maybe a player saying something silly or dumb. Or, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Media days just really aren't my thing. I know I know the point of them is to, like, get people excited for the football season. But, I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I could really care less what someone says in the middle of July. Like, just just give me football, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, I will take back. I'm now reading through the uh, attendees uh, as far as players go as to um, each team since four players. Only five teams are not sending a quarterback. So that means nine out of the 14 teams there will have a quarterback, which as far as percentage-wise goes, I think that's higher than than in years past. Yeah, um, I, I would I would agree with that. Who's who's not sending a quarterback? So it it honestly makes sense. Uh TCU's not sending a quarterback. Have makes they sense. decided on a starter yet? Not 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 from what I've heard. Not publicly at least. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that acting like I have insider information at TCU. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I definitely sources don't say just, they haven't figured out a quarterback yet. <laughs> uh, us being the sources, just having not seen it in on Twitter. Uh, Houston is not sending a quarterback. Uh, I, they're gonna start. Um, what's his face for, that transferred from Texas Tech, right? Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Big, oh. the, he's a tall running quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who you, we. I think the listening audience knows who you're talking about. Maybe I don't know. Uh, so, so he'll. I think he's going to start. He's not going. Um, OSU, also not surprising if you know anything about um, Mike Gundy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. West Virginia, that doesn't surprise me either. I don't think they've named a starter, um, nor do they really have a strong quarterback room. And then Iowa State, and kind of same goes. I, I think, um, uh, I'm so bad with names. In, in case you guys haven't figured out yet, because I'm like, I literally watched this guy play the lefty from Iowa State last year. Like, I, I, I know I could probably give you a few of his stats. He had almost about as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. Probably why he's not going to Big Twelve Media Days this year. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what their situation is, but they're not sending a quarterback either. But like Quinn Ewers will be there. Um, Dylan Gabriel, uh, the the kid from UCF, uh, that also plays baseball. It's like John John Riles Plumley, I think. Um, so yeah, there'll be some notable notable names there. Yeah, yeah. That I I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it'll be fun to see familiar faces from the field, but yeah, I could I could go without it. Um, I don't feel the need to, to, to read the list of, of teams and when they're going, you pretty much hit the nail on yeah. the head, but yeah, I, I think, uh, on the first day, Dan, Dana Holgerson, Mike Gundy, um, and then 
honestly, that group that Texas is bringing with Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, and then they're also bringing uh, two receivers, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. Um, I mean, probably two of the better receivers in the conference there. So that, that'll be interesting. Um, and then on the next day, uh, nothing super, super notable that stands out to me um, other than that you get um, – I don't know. They split up the new teams too. I was going to say you give us the the new teams on the on the second day, but it's 50-50. They went two and two, so I nothing really notable from the second day. But I'll be interested to see if Dana Holgerson or Mike Gundy has anything funny to say. Yep. I mean, I'm sure some reporter will ask them a question and maybe get them try to get them riled up or something like that. But but we'll see. Well, speaking of being the preseason, Greg. Uh, a lot of preseason polls have been coming out recently. And so for our listeners, I know we kind of maybe we we floated around the idea two weeks ago of doing our uh, if every Big 12 school was a fast food restaurant, which one would, would they be? We're going to postpone that for next week. Uh, you know, we we couldn't put enough thought into that episode. So we're going to give ourselves a little break there uh, and do that next week. But we are going to talk preseason polls. So a lot of uh, media outlets have been dropping their preseason polls. And Greg and I, I think, are both currently looking at the uh, Big 12 media preseason poll, which essentially is like all the all the sports writers from, not necessarily from, but that cover the Big 12 schools uh, specifically have cast their votes to see who they collectively think will be the uh, preseason favorite, but also just where everybody else will slot in. Um, Greg, do you want me to run through those really quick and then we can talk about the media one? Yeah, go ahead and run through it. Um, and, okay, and I'll just, just go... keep in mind, it's a lot to digest because now we're talking about 14 teams instead of 10. So, I mean, it's it's a mouthful. Um, but yeah. when Tanner and I are reading ours, we can kind of read the notable. Like we'll mention, like if we have a team say we have a team in the top four or five that you know the media does not have i mean we we can mention it just so i mean yeah it's hard to keep track in your head yeah well i'll I'll run through the first uh seven in depth and then i'll i'll go through the the bottom seven pretty quickly but uh i don't know if this was a surprise to anybody but the media the media people that cover the big 12 picked Texas to be number one in the conference this year. Uh, I don't know if that's a surprise to anybody. Wasn't a surprise to me. Um, Greg, that probably also wasn't a surprise to you because why Texas is always back. Uh, Number two, Kansas state. Number three, Oklahoma. Number four, Texas tech, which that surprised me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. TCU at five Baylor at six and then Oklahoma state at seven. And then we have UCF at eight, Kansas at nine, Iowa State at 10, 11 uh, is BYU, Houston is 12, Cincinnati is 13, and West Virginia coming in last at 14. That is so many teams. I'm so excited. I can't wait for this year. Greg, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on the uh, media preseason poll? I think it honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm not. I don't have too many um, 
I don't think I have too many huge disagreements. I would say just a couple of overall thoughts. Um, Texas by far and away with led with 41 first place votes. Um, Kansas State, 14. OU and Texas Tech had four. TCU had three. And someone picked Oklahoma State to win it, which I would like to meet this person and and have whatever they're having because I I mean that's my dream scenario but I don't know if it'll happen. Um they're just drinking too much orange Kool-Aid, I think. Yeah I, I do it too. Uh, I, I do it too. You'll see you'll see here in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> okay, same. <laughs> but I mean Texas Tech at four, that would be their highest finish in years. Like, I can't think the last time Texas Tech had a top five. Or Okay. It's different now that there's 14 teams, but I can't think of the last time Texas Tech finished that high. I'm not sure if people are like – like, they finished off the year with four straight wins. And, yes, they beat Ole Miss in the bowl game. But, like, how much are we really factoring in a bowl game to the next season? Like, like are the – are, are are people sunshine pumping Texas Tech because they because they went out last year hot? I mean they were they were an overtime loss against OU and maybe a couple things different against when when they they beat Iowa State fourteen to ten. I I had this was why it stood out to me so much. It stood out so much to me. I had to look up their record last year because I was like. What like what did they even go? They went seven and five in the regular season. Oh boy. So I just I just don't see them getting that turned around to where I mean to finish fourth, they're gonna have to go anywhere from I would say they're gonna have to be nine and three. Nine and nine and yeah. three. Yeah. That would be I think that I agree with that. A two win um, improvement would be a lot. Yeah, especially with this doesn't factor into conference standings, but I mean, they have arguably the second toughest, probably by far and away, the second toughest non-conference game in that they're playing Oregon. The toughest would be Texas going to Tuscaloosa and playing Alabama. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, those are any, those are just kind of my thoughts. Any other surprises? Um. West Virginia getting picked last, I wouldn't necessarily say as a surprise, but the margins by which they were picked last, like they're not just last, they are by far and away last yeah. place. Yep. Um, I don't know. Did anything stick out to you? Um, it is kind of interesting that 11 through 13 are newcomers to the conference. I don't know. I don't think Iowa State's offense is good enough to be even 10th. Like, I could see them finishing in the 12th-ish range. Um, Baylor also surprised me just being ahead of Oklahoma State. Not necessarily... I don't really think I'm drinking orange Kool-Aid with that one. I just... I really think that uh, Baylor isn't that good, especially with uh, their losses on defense to the draft. They, They lost... They lost some of their their best players on defense in the draft this year. Um, But I think everything else is pretty decent. Like, I mean, like I mentioned before, when I was reading through, I I don't think Texas will finish first. Um, Do you, okay, do you think that out of the four newcomers, UCF is going to have the best opening year, like first year? 
Do you want to get into it right now? Because <laughs> I guess I can... yeah, okay. I guess that would be a big time spoiler. <laughs> let's let's just do it. Let's rip the okay. bandaid off. Let's okay. start from the bottom up. Yeah, I I actually totally agree with that. So I have um, Houston and Cincinnati in the, in my last two spots. Who do, who do you have there? Houston at thirteen or Houston at fourteen? Houston at thirteen, Cincinnati at fourteen. Okay, okay. I I can't argue too much with that. I also have Houston at thirteen. I am with the media though. I have West Virginia at fourteen. Well, and I have West Virginia at 12. So, I mean, personally, I really think 11 through 14 is going to be a wash. Um, yeah, I don't – it's kind of like we've been saying. I don't know. Maybe West Virginia will there, – there's, there's always a, a huge sense of just unknown. Like, one of these teams will actually end up being pretty decent. I guarantee you and make a bowl game that we're talking about right now. <laughs> but I, I just don't know if there will be a team that – just stinks you know what i mean like i don't i don't necessarily i have west virginia at 14 i could see them going six and six i could also see them going one and 11 yep i i agree with that there's especially i mean just this conference i think that there's a wide wide margin that almost any team could fall into like you could talk me into texas going seven and five or maybe even ten and two like it depends on schedule and it depends on injuries. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the flaw of uh, preseason polls is that you never know how the season will play out. Um, you, I, I honestly can't put it past a coach to uh, do something dumb with their depth chart. I can't put it past um, college athletes getting hurt. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that could go on in a season that will give um, these preseason polls basically no validity by the end of the year. That is a fact. That is so, a fact. So, all right. I'm well. I'm I'm kind of having fun with this. It's it might be a little hot takey, but I'm I'm okay with that. Um. All right. Who do you? Let's go. Let's. I kind of like going two by two. Okay. So who okay. do you have at twelve and eleven? At twelve, I have Iowa State, and at eleven, I have Cincinnati. So I think we have the same last four. We just have them flip flopped. Yeah. Yeah. So I have. I have West Virginia at 12 and then Iowa State at 11. So, okay. yeah, same same bottom four, which, yeah, you could tell me any one of those four laying in any of the four spots, and I would probably say that makes sense. I would agree with that. I would <clears throat> agree with that. Okay. okay. At 10, I have UCF, and okay. at 9, I have BYU. Okay. Okay. We're, we're really not far off. Um, at 10, I have Kansas. And at nine, I have UCF. So we're, I haven't. We're pretty close to each other on this. I stuff. haven't. I haven't done all the math, but I could. I could see Kansas going five and seven, maybe not making a bowl game this year. Um, but even with fourteen teams, like I would say, once you get to the ten range and higher. Uh, your or ten range and lower, I guess, going down to one. Basically, uh, those those records are probably going to be very close to bowl eligible. Would yeah, you agree with and that? that yeah, that of course depends on your non-con um record. And I mean, we I want to say have talked a little bit about non-conference um earlier. I think I think we did it. Back yeah, in yeah, we did. We did. Now, I could even, like, for Kansas, I mean, they should run the table in non-con. 
They've got their their toughest matchup will be Illinois at home. So that they, like they they should they should be three and zero by the start of conference play. So yes, for Kansas, I think uh, it, a, a nine or tenth place finish should still get them a bowl game. Like that just means you win three games in conference. Um, okay, so you have wait you have UCF at ten and BYU at nine. Yes. Okay. Um, why not flipped? Or was it just like? you could slot either of them in there for you. I actually do have a reason. So it's funny you asked. My reasoning is this, and this might be dumb, but I just, I think of it more so as like, I don't know a whole lot about UCF and BYU as football teams, as football programs. I'm going to learn a lot here in the next three or four months when I start watching them. But BYU, year in and year out, they're they're playing power five opponents they're, they're, they're playing Oregon. Like they, they played at Oregon last year. They played at Arkansas last year. They're playing big programs, whereas UCF has been in the American, and the American is more than a respectable conference, but with all due respect, it's not. It's, they're not playing the level of competition that BYU's been playing for the last, you know, however many years. So I just think that BYU, that transition from – you know, independent to power five will be less of a change than American to power five, if that makes sense. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me knowing like ins and outs of, oh, I think like if UCF and BYU matched up on the field, I know I would pick BYU. It's more of just like, I can just see BYU having an easier transition. I I really agree with you there. Um, also, BYU just tends to have um men playing on their football team if you know what i mean yeah. uh so for those that don't know uh most of well BYU is a latter day saint school so mormon school um most of their players go on a two year mission before they actually start playing so they're already two years older than most freshmen are and so by the time that you get seniors in there they're 24 instead of the other 22 year old seniors playing on all, all the other schools so so you definitely have some some age maturity there, which is, has been kind of washed out, I think, over the past couple of years with all of the COVID years and transfer eligibilities and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I would say I, I I would agree with you, Greg. Um, and that's why I have BYU at eight. Um, nice. And then I have and then I have Baylor at seven. We are really lockstep here. Um, we just have BYU and Kansas flipped, essentially. I have Kansas at eight and Baylor at seven. Okay. Okay. Why Why do you feel like Baylor – why do you feel like Baylor is good slotted in there at seven? It's not necessarily because of Baylor, but it's more so because of the teams above them. I just think that as far – I looked – you know, at, pe- at at team schedules, conference schedules while doing this. And Baylor's, they've got a lot of home games, but they're, I mean, they've got some tough opponents. They, they're playing many of the teams that were picked to finish in the top five or six in the conference. And so I just think when you, like they're playing TCU, they're playing Kansas State, they're playing Texas. So when you, when you look at that, I just am like I, I just don't know if they'll finish any higher than seven. But I will say, I do feel fine having them at seven because of the fact that like 
they are only a year removed from winning the Big 12. They still have Dave Aranda, who is a wizard of a coach. He's kind of crazy, but when going forward on fourth and eight works, it works, and and they, they'll win football games that way. So I could honestly see Baylor a little bit higher, but I think a lot of it will end up depending on Blake Shapin and what they get out of him. Yep, yep, I agree with you. I don't think he's ever re- – outside of <laughs> the Big 12 championship game in 20 – what would that have been? 2021? One. Yeah, 2021. Outside of that, I I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot for me. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's more so what happens ahead of them rather than uh, how they actually play. Um, okay. I think this is when we'll start to get a little bit different. I'm All curious right. to hear what who, you, who you have at five and six. Who do you have at six? I have OU. Okay. And who do you have at five? Texas Tech. Okay. Okay. I I mean, we definitely separated a little bit. I have Texas Tech at six, and I have Texas at five. Okay. Which, don't get me wrong, I, 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 might, I might sound crazy because we said Texas is the number one in the media preseason poll, which means that I don't believe that the media do their job. That's that's not necessarily what I believe. Um but I think that Texas is always overhyped, uh, especially with Arch Manning this year. Um, Quinn Ewers had a decent season. It wasn't great last year, but I mean, honestly, I, I'm not. I'm just not on the hype train. I think I've expressed this before. Um, but the difference to me between finishing fifth in this Big Twelve and finishing first is probably two two games, three yeah. games. It's like, no more than two. It's it's like eight and four or ten and two. That like that is the difference right there. Maybe eleven and one, but that's 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 what I'm thinking. What do you what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. I want to. I want to hear why you're not fully on board the Texas hype train. That 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 that's I, I just I want you to get I want I want you to get it off your chest. What what is it about this Texas? Is it just the history of Texas being picked at the top and then not finishing not it going anywhere close to expectations? It's it's a it's a mix. So um a lot of Denver sports fans have a saying that goes uh well, more specifically, Bron- Denver Broncos fans have a saying that goes, the Chargers are always going to Charger, which means they are going to play good for a while, but when it comes down to it, they're not going to succeed. They've never won an NFL championship. Um, last year, they gave up a 27-point lead in the in the wild card round of the playoffs. Like When I say that I don't believe Texas because of the history. I don't believe Texas because of the history. Now, I can also say that I think that they're just overhyped. Like, Arch Manning is good. He's probably going to be a great quarterback. But he's probably... He's he's not going to start. And if he does, that means that something has gone wrong. You know what I mean? Like, Quinn Ewers is their starter. At least from my understanding of things, Quinn Ewers is their starter. And... If they have to go to Arch Manning, that means something's gone wrong and that they're not doing well. So that's that's my thoughts. It, it really isn't anything analytical. It's just like I you have to show you have to 
You have to show it to me. Like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And then fine. Any, any Texas fan can, can be super happy and uh, come after me. That is totally fine by me. And I would respect that. And I would understand that. But right now it's not, it's just not going to happen. All right. I, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I'm, I'm not quite on the same page with you. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't blame you at all because I felt that way for the last 10 years. Um, I was going to say last decade. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. You gave your, let's see. You gave your four and five. Oh, where do we, leave I gave off? my I forgot. six and five. I'll, I'll go, I'll go four and three now. So I have Oklahoma state at four and Oklahoma at three. Okay, I have got Oklahoma State at three and TCU at four. Okay. Okay. Wait, what in the... So you have... You have... Okay, okay. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. This is not great podcasting material. Me just repeating you have over and over again. Um, Okay, okay. So you have have Oklahoma State at three and TCU at four. Okay. Uh, That's pretty close. Um... Why, I'm drinking why, the I'm drinking the orange Kool Aid. Why do you bit. have Oklahoma State ahead of TCU? I just think the expectation, the pressure that will be on TCU, they're going to have a target on their back. I just can't remember the last time we've had a. I mean, o, OU was doing it consistently, but besides OU, I, I cannot remember the last time we've had a team that has won the Big Twelve championship, and then the following year matched it or got well, anywhere remember, close. Remember, TCU did not win the Big 12 championship. Okay, okay. Win, win the regular season, make the Big 12 championship, win, win whatever. Like, have a super su- successful season. Like, you look at the Baylor and Oklahoma State from two years ago, were in the championship game. Last year, both teams went 6-6. Six and six. The year before that, I want to say it was – was that the Iowa State year? It was Iowa State OU. And then Iowa State flopped the next year. So I, I just TCU's. I don't. I definitely think is more. I did think they reloaded. They did a good job in the transfer portal. But I just, I'm not 100% bought in. You lose Max Duggan. You lose the running back again. Forget his name. You lose the receiver that went to the Chargers. Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston. I, I'm not. That that's why I've got them at four. OSU at three is a combination of me being a homer. And I just I really think that people are looking at the transfer portal and how many guys left and only focusing on that bit, whereas like no one's looking at what they actually got from the transfer portal. Whereas like obviously like I'm inhaling a lot of this OSU offseason stuff like I'm fully into it, but the receiving room, which was pretty decent last year banged up by injuries but pretty decent last year is better this year running back room same deal you can even make an argument that the quarterback spot will be better than it was last year and I know that's a bold statement being that like they had Spencer Sanders who was you know in 2021 he won the he won the big 12 offensive player of the year but it's are you talking about the third string quarterback at Ole Miss (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i was debating whether or not to bring that up yeah i, I mean yeah this is the guy that transferred in 
and is now rumored to be the third string at Ole Miss. So I just I think that Oklahoma State's going to have a lot to figure out. They're going to have a lot of new faces, but they also have one of the easiest schedules that we, and we've talked about that. So I I like the easy schedule and I like the newcomers that they have. And and I'm an OSU fan, so I'm going to drink the Kool Aid. Fair enough. All right, so uh, that leaves me with a rematch of last year's Big 12 championship. I have TCU at two and Kansas State at one. Now, whether whether that's Kansas State winning uh, the regular season title or the championship game, either one, um, I know that they're not returning Deuce Vaughn. I know that was a big, big part of their offense. Um, but returning Will Howard with a lot of... Uh, um, he has a lot of experience, but he also started last year's second string quarterback. He um oh what what was their what was their starting quarterback last year? Adrian Martinez. Yes, yes, Adrian Martinez. Um he Will Howard basically carried them through the second half of the season. Um and that really impressed me and I am quite positive that he's been he's been improving himself over the last year just like everybody else, but I know that there's uh, probably a lot of additional uh, weight placed on his shoulders this year, and I'm sure that he will be prepared and ready to go for this upcoming season. I like that pick. I would not mind seeing Kansas State go back-to-back. Um, you are not going to be happy with – I know my... you have OU winning, and that's okay. No, no, no. I had OU at six. Don't worry. Oh, wait. That's right. That's right. My bad. My bad. I'm I have Kansas State at two and I have Texas at one. So oh, I agree okay. with the I agree with the top two from the uh from the media poll. So let me let me just I, I think we're running a little bit long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my Texas take and then we're gonna get off of here. So I am one of the biggest <laughs> Texas haters that, that you will meet. I, I grew up in San Antonio. All of my friends were were fake Texas fans, meaning people in San Antonio don't care about college football. Really, a, a lot of people in Texas don't care about college football. It's all about the Dallas Cowboys. And so all of my friends that were Texas fans, they always give me crap when they beat OSU. And so I, just, I grew up not liking Texas. And, I mean, it's the same thing that, that you said, you know, 10 or 15 minutes ago. They are always picked in the top three, top four of the conference, and they never meet expectations not in the last like 15 years. This year I think is different. And the reason why I think so is because you have to look at like, what did they do last year? Who are they returning? Who did they add? And then looking at their schedule this year, it's definitely not an easy schedule, but let's look at what they did last year real quick. They went eight and four. Their losses were to Alabama, which if anyone was watching that game, which Everyone should have because of fantastic they game. They, they really fantastic should have won game. that game. They should have won that game. They could. They probably would have if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. So you have that. Then they lose to Texas Tech. Did they have Quinn Ewers for that game? I don't remember. I don't think that they did. So they don't have Quinn Ewers, and they lose that game, I think, in overtime or at the very end of the fourth quarter. It was a last-second it was like a last second loss. They should have won that game. They had the lead kind of in typical Texas fashion. They choked. Okay. So that's loss number two, loss number three, same deal at Oklahoma state. They were up 31 to 14 
and then blew that lead and lost it. Um, I think the story, and this wouldn't have been the main reason, but I think the story was Quinn Ewers was playing a little bit hurt that game. Regardless, they still should have won. Um, I'm glad they didn't win being an OSU fan, but that's their third loss. And then their fourth was uh, a close game against TCU, obviously, you know, national runner-up, um, in which the defense actually played really well. It was the offense that couldn't get anything going. So I, like, I look at those four losses, and in my mind, three of those, they should have won. Like, I'm not going to make an argument they should have beat TCU. But they definitely should have beaten Bama, OSU, and Tech. Um, and, and I know it's like, that's in the past, whatever. But they're returning a lot, especially on offense. And not only are they returning a lot, but they also added an, an, an incredible amount. Um, I think Steve Sarkeesian finally got over the hump last year. I remember we were making fun of him on this podcast because he hadn't won a Big 12 road game yet. Well, he was able to do that. They went at Kansas State, um, and, and they ended up winning last year. So I think they've got a lot coming back. I think Quinn Ewers, it's one of those situations where you've got – two guys behind you, like you said, I think if Arch Manning is playing this year, something went wrong, but also I, don't, I forget his name, but their third string looked really good in the, um, their other freshmen looked really good in the spring game. So kind of lights a fire. He had another off season to kind of grow and develop. Last year was his first year starting um, and he, and he had to deal with a lot of pressure. So I just think that this year, if any um, sets up nicely for them, and obviously, like you said, Tanner, there's no way for us to predict who's getting hurt and who's going to be the surprise and, and all that sort of stuff. But I like Texas because they are the most known commodity of all the Big 12 teams. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, all of it makes sense. And I, I see where you're coming from, but I just can't I can't get on the hype train right now. That's all it is. Well, We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll definitely have to revisit this here in six months from now. And honestly, I'm sure we could revisit it after like halfway through the season and realize how wrong we were. But it's okay. It's all fun. Hopefully, you know, I would I like Texas to win the Big 12 championship on their way out the door to the SEC? Absolutely not. Or OU. personally, or OU. Oh, especially OU. I, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I picked Texas. I will sit there and be cheering against OU in Texas all year long. Like, I, I don't want them. I don't want them even in the title game. Um, I just think the Big Trolls nightmare scenario, I don't think this would happen, but I think the nightmare scenario is an OU-Texas Big 12 championship game. I just think that'd be a bad look for the conference. Um, and I think it'd also be a bad look if one of those two teams uh, won the championship. So um, Kansas State, TCU, Oklahoma State, honestly, shoot, I don't care. West Virginia, you can come surprise me. I, I just need I need anyone but those two teams. Yep, yep, I agree with you. Well, I think we went a little long tonight, but or today, whatever, whatever time you're listening to to this podcast. But uh, thank you for coming along this journey with us. Um, please let us know on Instagram or Twitter what you guys think of our lists of our, of our polls um, and let us know what you would change or uh, just, or just send us your polls. That, that, that would be kind of fun to do as well. Um, but yeah, next week, well, Greg, now we are officially on a weekly schedule. Now we, 
we got a schedule figured out and we shouldn't have any more absences for a pretty long while now. So I'm really, really, really excited to get into football season. Um, yeah, Greg, do you have anything else that you would like to say to the listeners? We went really long and I apologize for that. Maybe Tanner and I will post our top 14 so you don't have to listen to listen to us drone on and uh, you can just fight us on uh, fight us on Twitter or on Instagram. That would that would be that'd be better. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. Well, uh, we thank you guys for spending so much time with us. Um, yeah, if you guys have any any comments or questions or cries of anguish, uh, please reach out to us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at around the underscore 12. Uh, you should be able to find us pretty easily there. And then on Facebook, uh, we have a page called Around the 12 Podcast. We've been we've been kind of quiet recently just with so much going on in, in our lives, but we are back and we are better than ever, I think. Maybe not with these picks, but we'll have to see. All right. Well, everybody, we thank you. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>